Open your Bibles of Hebrews chapter 12 and we'll read from verses 4 through to 17. <coughs> Hebrews 12, 4 to 17. <coughs> In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shielding, shedding your blood. And you... And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everybody, everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we might share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterwards, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, He could not change what had been done. Interesting passage. Um, The Hebrew author begins in verse 4 by talking about this struggle against sin and a word of encouragement that we've forgotten. And it's the word... That word is the word that a father addresses his son. You know? Now listen, son. It's like this. This is how you must behave. Blah, 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 blah. So, I want to read again the end of verse 5 and verse 6. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines 
the one he loves and chastens everyone he accepts as his son. This word is not to be taken lightly. It is tough when we're disciplined by our parents, but it's also tough when we're disciplined by God. We must remember that although discipline is tough, we must not lose heart. We must remember that discipline is for our own good. Verse 6 says that the Lord only disciplines those that he loves. So if you are being disciplined by the Lord, you can know that he loves you. You can know that he loves you. The Lord chastens those whom he accepts as his son. And this goes for the ladies as well. We're all treated like sons. But even more than sons, you know how in many cultures the firstborn son is the one that receives generally a greater blessing and quite often a greater responsibility. God treats each one of his children like a firstborn son. You get that special inheritance, that special discipline, those special privileges. As we go through life, we find that we experience seasons of discouragement from time to time. And it's true. Sometimes we feel a bit low, sometimes we feel a bit down, other times we feel an okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. These times can be seen as a chastening from the Lord. A time when these times of discouragement can be used to strengthen us and to build into us the idea that when we are being disciplined, we understand that the Lord cannot let sin continue without correction. (coughs) Excuse me. The Lord cannot let sin continue without correction. If you're being corrected by the Lord, then there's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. It's the correction of sin that brings both growth and maturity to the relationship. You know, as far as God's concerned and as far as sin is concerned, we must not become repeat offenders. We must learn from our mistakes and move on and mature and grow. We must not become repeat offenders, but we must take our chastening on the chin and use it as a time of correction. Being a Christian, folks, is about change. 
And, you know, I could ask you to think back in terms of your Christianity, where were you 12 months ago? And what change has taken place in the last year? Are you less than a Christian now or more of a Christian or just rolling along the same? Have you been the same for the last 22 years? We need to be progressing in maturity and growth as we walk with the Lord. Initially, we become Christians, or when we become Christians, change takes place in lots of areas of our life. But as we progress in our walk with the Lord, there is this fine-tuning that takes place. The biblical word for this fine-tuning is sanctification. Its sanctification is a process where we fine-tune our lives as we go along with Christ. Generally, when we become a Christian, we lose the big bad habits that we have and we make some pretty drastic changes. But then as we go along, the Lord reminds us of this area or that area and we must listen to that chastening and respond to God's instructions. This is where real maturity and real growth comes from. It's interesting when we think about discipline and how the Lord dis- disciplines us. Verse 7 talks about the enduring hardship as a disciple and how the Lord disciplines those that he loves. And sometimes we pray about the hardships that come to us, but perhaps we should endure the hard times as a discipline. Dig your heels in. Don't take no for an answer, but allow yourself to grow through these times and accept the associated blessings as we pass the test. We've all sat for exams at some stage in our life. And if you fail the exam, then you need to do some revision and sit for the exam again. When you pass the exam, then you're able to put that work into your life. If you pass the exam to be a carpenter, then you can begin being a carpenter. If you pass the exam to be a plumber or a nurse or whatever it might be, but until you pass that exam, you can have all the knowledge and all the experience, but you will not be allowed to do the work. You will not be employed until you pass the test. And it's the same as a Christian. You have all the understanding of, of being a Christian and all the practical experience, but if you do not pass God's test, he's unable to use you because he's not only looking for people with knowledge and experience, he's looking for maturity and growth. And he's looking for real people, not false people. You see, if you're a false Christian, you run the risk 
of missing out on heaven. You run the risk if you are a false Christian. Verse 8 says, if we are not disciplined, then we are not legitimate. That means if we are not disciplined, we are illegitimate. It means we're born out of wedlock with Christ. We say we're a Christian, but really we're not. We become illegitimate Christians. And if that happens, we cannot be treated as true sons and daughters. We must be legitimate with God. And this then makes our relationship with God incomplete and life basically becomes a struggle until we accept God's ways over and above our ways. If we submitted to the discipline of our earthly father, how much more should we submit to the discipline of our heavenly father? Verse 13 says to make level paths for your feet. God is not wanting people that have high highs and low lows. He's talking about people that have a level path for their feet. Being a Christian is not an uphill battle. It's a level ground battle. We need to bring all aspects of life into balance as related to God. And again, without this balance and without this fine tuning in our lives, we're called disabled. Verse 13 in the NIV says, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. <clears throat> so often in this world we see people with disabilities and our heart goes out to them. But have you ever thought of yourself as being spiritually disabled, not able to function 100% in your Christianity? Are you in a spiritual wheelchair or are you able to walk for God? That's the question. It all comes back to accepting the Lord's chastening or accepting the Lord's correction in our lives and then stepping up to the mark and submitting to God's ways. God's ways are listed here in this book if you're unsure about them. Your growth, your maturity and your life change is important to the Lord. And we must set aside, or sorry, we must be set aside from the world. We must be different. We must be seen to be different. And it's hard work. It's hard work. But God wants to correct us. And he wants a discipline that will make a difference in our lives. 
The final remarks in verse 14 are good for us to all to hear. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everybody and to be holy. I think that's a really, a really good thing to do. Make every effort to live in peace with everybody and to be holy. But then there's the next part, which is a challenge. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, you're not going to heaven. Without holiness, you're not going through the pearly gate. Without holiness, your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. God wants us to be holy people. That means we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. We need to watch what goes into our eyes. We need to watch about lusts, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. We need to live a life of holiness. It's not my words. It's here in verse 14. Verse 15 talks about the grace of God not being there for everyone. And I always thought the grace of God was there for everyone until I read this verse. And why does God cut his grace off for some people? Well, it's to do with our behaviour. If your behaviour is less than Christian, can you expect God's grace to continue to bless you? No, you'll struggle. You'll have hardship. And that's the test that God wants you to pass so that he can shower his blessings on you. If Christianity becomes withdrawn from us, then we can suffer from the lack of grace as we begin to take control of our lives as opposed to God taking control of our life. We must remain close to God to receive the benefits that are promised to us. Verse 16 tells us about Esau. Esau sold out his blessing, the blessing that was promised to him. We need to make sure that we don't do the same thing. God has a whole bunch of good stuff for us. Let's take Christianity wholly into our lives, embrace it and enjoy the fruit that comes out from the chastening and the discipline. At the end of the day, the Christian life, folks, is about change. You can't become a Christian and still live your old life. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard. But the call for us is to rise to the challenge that God gives us. Take God seriously. Receive the blessings that are promised to you. This passage of scripture dangles the bait of blessing before us and understand the scripture and understand God's perspective and realise that all of this comes out of the great love and desire that God has for us to reside with him for all of eternity. God wants you so much. And this chasing and this discipline is a preparation for your eternity. God doesn't want a whole bunch of crazy people in heaven. He wants people that are mature and wisdom and stature. And this is our time to receive that.
to put it into practice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today, Lord. I thank you for this word. This word from the book of Hebrews, Lord, how we need to accept your ways. And Lord, and if we stray from the path, we need to expect to be disciplined and chastened so that we can come back on the straight and narrow, so that once again we can receive your blessings. So once again, Lord, we can allow you to reach into our lives and bless us in all sorts of different ways. I thank you so much, Lord, that you care for us so deeply and you took our sin upon yourself. You atoned for our sin. You took our punishment, Lord. And for that, we are so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast sermon. You can find more great messages like this on the Anchor podcast app and also on the Wattle City Church Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening and God bless you.